1: So send your questions to ask Lisa at drlisademore.com. Episode 16: How do you handle holidays in the pandemic? I'm in charge of the mashed potatoes this holiday season, so I have been googling, talking through with it with everyone and it comes down to two things: cream and lots of butter. <laughs> yes. And lots of butter, on top of the lots of butter.
0: (laughs) So what are you doing, Rena, for Thanksgiving? What's this going to look
1: like? So in Connecticut, no more than 10 people allowed. Um, So it's just me and and the little pod family that I've been isolating with all year. The two of us are going to get together, the two families. So it's only eight people. And we've split up the duties, including somebody's doing the dishes. And that's how we're going to do it. That sounds pretty good. Yeah. No, no, I'm actually really excited. I I know that everybody would rather be with their families, but um, I'm really looking forward to it.
0: We did Thanksgiving on October 25th.
1: Oh. Um, Yeah, we sort
0: of rallied. What? So my in-laws live nearby, and my husband's um, brother and sister and their families live nearby. And we typically host Thanksgiving at our house. It's 12 people. And I thought, In Cleveland in November, you cannot count on the weather. So everybody Mm. was able to rally. And we did an outdoor Thanksgiving and set up tables outside, one for each cohort. So Mm. people were with the people they lived with.
1: Oh, And
0: the tables were far apart, actually easily more than 10 feet apart. And then we, we have a fire pit, which I've mentioned many times on the podcast. And we put that in the middle. And everybody brought what they usually bring. And we just did the whole thing outdoors. And it was actually really wonderful.
1: Move over, Martha Stewart. (laughs) Lisa Demore has taken over in this pandemic. It sounds amazing. And you know what? That's actually something to keep in mind with the holidays, with Hanukkah and and Christmas. And um, maybe doing it early isn't a bad idea. We just jumped on the good weather. And I'm glad we did. I'm glad we did. Smart. But you know, everyone's struggling with this. Mm -hmm. How do you, this is not normal, this is not what we wanted to be, where we wanted to be at, but I'm so hopeful with all this great vaccine news, I'm so hopeful that next year this will not be the case, but it still leaves a lot of winter here that hasn't even begun. And this great letter we got from someone, um, I want to read this to you, it says, Dear Lisa, thank you for your weekly podcasts on parenting during the pandemic. I find your podcast to be so relatable and leave each one with a new nugget of helpful parenting advice. I have a 10-year-old son and a 13-year-old daughter. My children's schools are fully remote, at least until January. I find myself periodically flooded with waves of sadness. Undoubtedly, the realization of all they are missing right now, some things like the absence of my younger son's final elementary school Halloween parade, a canceled winter sing festival, and no final eighth grade musical feels so surprisingly upsetting. As the fall is progressing, I'm finding myself increasingly filled with feelings of grief over these tiny pieces of their childhood experience that will simply be missed this year. In addition, the typical joy of the upcoming holiday season feels dampened with the reality that we will likely be unable to celebrate in person with their grandparents and cousins. We will likely have to forego another family vacation. Although my children appear to be adjusting seemingly well to this new reality, I worry that I am not. Can you please share some parenting tips on how to manage these expectations and very strong emotions? I want to be strong for my children. I feel so grateful they're healthy. I don't want my feelings of loss to overwhelm these trivial aspects of life that impact them. Thank you so much. Mm. You know, that's a great question. You know, what tips do you have, Lisa? How do you manage these unexpected and very strong emotions? Because they hit you sometimes like waves out of nowhere. I know.
0: And and it's, I think this mom speaks for so many around a lot of apprehension and a lot of uncertainty and a lot of mourning, really, about the holidays ahead. And when we talk in terms of mourning, that for me feels useful because mourning is work. Mourning is where we recognize a loss and we create time and space to actually be very sad about it. And the beautiful thing about mourning is that the work gets done. And so the first thought I have in response to this is the anticipatory mourning, this this mom looking ahead and thinking, all right, the holidays are not going to be what we want it to be, this is a sad time, I'm feeling the loss, I'm feeling the missing out. That sense of starting to do the work of mourning and allow oneself to, I say this all the time, have the right feeling at the right time. The process that usually happens from that is a sense of working through and getting to the other side of it.
1: Mm.
0: And so often when people have anticipatory morning when they start to worry about what's going to be lost they get a lot of that work done and then the day itself has more space for other things to come in so Mm. i actually think here's where people sometimes get frightened and not not necessarily it's not necessary from my experience is they think if i feel this way now in november and so worried about say christmas how am I going to feel by the time the day arrives? And usually what happens is you're doing the work in November.
1: You're, you're processing being, it. Yeah.
0: You're being sad. Yeah. You're doing the morning. So that by the time Christmas
1: arrives, space is
0: now available to have a different experience.
1: So. Taking this theme of mourning, you know, when I was a Middle East correspondent in Jerusalem, I I got to learn so much about Jewish tradition and this tradition of sitting Shiva that, you know, you and your family are at home for a week and people come to visit and pay their respects. Boy, I really love that tradition because it it allows you to grieve and share those memories and you feel supported. But we're not burying somebody. It's not a funeral. We're, We're not going to the wake and having a funeral service. So how do you process this? Right, in fact
0: it's the opposite. We have less contact, less support, less community in this grieving time if we're going to talk about the loss of the holidays that we do want to have as a form of grief. And so we're doing it alone. And then what this letter speaks to so eloquently is that we're we're having our own very powerful feelings as parents sometimes about the holiday and worried about how we're going to get our kids through it and how we're going to help our kids in light of how crummy we ourselves may be feeling.
1: So what do you what are your suggestions in how to cope? You're saying we're doing the work now. So what's the work we should be doing? I think for ourselves it is
0: that Shiva quality, that space making for the sadness and One of the questions this mother poses is, should my kids see it? How much should I shield them from it? You know, that's sort of built into this question. And I'm not sure on that, that there's probably some room for being very clear and open and forthcoming about really being bummed about the missing out and really sad about having to give up or the loss of things. There's also probably some room for doing a bit of that on your own time, maybe, or with friends or age mates and talking with people on the phone or digitally about mm-hmm. how crummy this is because in the end for better or for worse parents often craft the holidays for their kids or have a heavy yeah. hand in. definitely you know kind of somehow weirdly julie from the love boat just popped to mind <laughs> Right. <laughs> like we're kind of the cruise directors for for, for christmas and hanukkah and new years and all of that and so You know, whether that's a good idea or a bad idea, I think there is this sense of we still have to put on something and wanting to find the energy and the creativity to do something so that it
1: feels there was a holiday. So how do you really ensure that these losses aren't cumulatively overwhelming for everyone, right? That they just add up and add up and add up and you just you know, you get to Thanksgiving, you get to Hanukkah, you get to Christmas, you get to New Year's, and it, you don't feel better. It doesn't uplift you, right?
0: It's an interesting time, because I, one of the places where I'm watching people back themselves into corners they don't need to be in is this sense of all or nothing. That, oh man, we can't do Christmas the way we want to do Christmas. Christmas is going to stink. And that actually isn't true. So as we stomach each loss, and there, there is this reality that people are tired and it's one after another, where we should try to find some energy is to say, okay, so we can't do this the way we normally do this. How can we do it in a different kind of way? Mm-hmm. And salvage pieces of it. And in fact, sometimes, I mean, I, we had a great Thanksgiving. It was actually really wonderful. I don't know exactly how we're gonna feel on Thanksgiving day itself when we would have done what we normally did and we can't. But Thanksgiving has not been a total bust already. And one thing I've taken a lot of comfort in as I see the holidays coming at us are the graduations the kids had this past spring and how wildly creative and in many ways Heartfelt and adorable, the graduations were that nobody wanted to have. So, uh-huh. I was um, I was working with a school in Miami at that time, digitally, and they had a graduation. I love this, where they had a DJ on the front lawn of the school who was plugged into an AM radio station that all of the cars could tune into, and the DJ announced the graduates as their car came up.
1: Oh, that's awesome! It's brilliant! It's absolutely brilliant! <laughs> and it. so
0: the whole line of cars knew who was graduating in that moment. They're all honking. They're all yelling out their windows. They're all safe. But it was this joyful, wonderful Miami graduation, very different from anything anyone would have ever planned if they had been given the option not to do it that way. So there's like two sides to this coin. There's the sadness of what we're not getting and that we have to give up and then there is human creativity. Hmm. And, and we have to hold those both together. And when we do, the losses are not quite as acute. They're not quite as acute. And there may even be some sense of a getting, right? It's not all giving up, that there can be some getting. And that, I think, is how we have to get through this.
1: You know, it's so true about the ingenuity of people, that has come out in the middle of this pandemic, you know, one CEO I was talking to was saying that during the Great Depression, there were so many companies that closed and shut down, but there are so many companies that are here today that pivoted, reinvented, thought outside the box and are still standing decades later. And I I, I guess that's something we all have to hold on to, but Lisa, what happens if your child? isn't really doing well with the disruptions. I know my kids talk about it often. They miss their cousins and grandparents. They're very vocal about it. You know, they're not sad and depressed. But the way they express it to me, there's a loss. There's an absolute loss. There is. And kids expressing it and
0: talking about it and um, being vocal about it is probably a sign they're doing okay with it, actually. Mm. interesting. Um, Yeah. And I think in some ways you think, oh, man, my kid's really upset. They're talking about it. But as a psychologist, I'm like, okay, if they're talking about it, it's already in a decent space because they are verbalizing it and they are looking to you for support and communication. And that's often very leavening for them or helps them metabolize it. I think I'd almost worry more about the kiddo who is imploding or acting out where that distress is coming out in the form of bad behavior. Mm -hmm. What's so hard, though, whether the kid's misbehaving or just talking about feeling upset we're so tired. <laughs> I think I think that's where we all are all as parents is like, oh, come on, right? like I, I am dragging myself through this pandemic. Like I need you to be in a better mood and and there's nothing to be done about that beyond hopefully knowing that everybody feels that way and that we're not alone when we're feeling like we have to rally to support our kids when we ourselves are feeling really worn thin.
1: Mm. yeah, I think you finally have a moment and there's been so much to do. I think we all feel like we're drowning often because there's so much to do at home and your parenting is just right there in your face because you're with them 24 hours practically. But with the added pressure of the holidays and, and making it feel special, I think it's hard to pivot sometimes. It is. And and, and you're right, It parents really dictate how holidays are perceived, right? Yeah. I mean, I, I really
0: do feel like we're cruise directing our way through it. And that's really fun for us. I, and I think that's the part also that's hard is that we feel that we're doing it for our kids. And often we are doing it for kids. But like, oh, I get such a kick, right, out of the decorating. And I get such a kick yeah. out of the advent calendars. I mean, for me, those are really fun. And I take a lot of pleasure in those. And pieces of that are definitely still happening. But there's this other thing, Rena. I've been just turning over in my head. I don't, I don't know what to do with it. But I think we should talk about it, which is that way in which part of why we have holiday traditions, like the way you always do the mantelpiece or, you know, the music that you play or things like that, is that it brings back all the pleasures of previous holidays. You know, as soon as you start pulling that stuff out, you're like, oh, remember when and oh, yeah. and especially stuff, I know this sounds weird, that smells, um, you know, smell in memory your best friend's. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like they're very like um, closely nestled together in the brain. And you know, you've had that experience where you smell something and then it all comes back. You know, oh, it like, brings back memories really powerfully. So there's like a lot of holiday smells. <laughs> and so I think, yeah. you know, that that's there. And one of the things I've been just, you know, wondering about is if we try to have as close to the same holiday as we usually have, and we pull out all that stuff and all the smells and all the feels and all the things. How how bittersweet is that gonna be? Mm-hmm. Because this year's so different. And mm-hmm. where I'm at is I think we need to prepare ourselves
1: and prepare our kids for the fact it's gonna be bittersweet. Mm. We're gonna take a quick break and we'll be right back on the Ask Lisa podcast. Do you know how much cash back you're leaving on the table for settling for the wrong credit card? Imagine earning up to 5% cash back on your groceries for the next 30 years. Just think of all that cash back you can get on those groceries. NerdWallet helps everyone make smarter financial decisions today, so the future you will thank you for it. With NerdWallet, you won't regret missing out on rewards. NerdWallet lets you compare smart cash back credit cards side by side to make the most of your everyday spending. So what could future you do with more cash back, a getaway with the kids, a spa day for yourself, whatever it is, make it happen with a smarter cash back credit card. And don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. NerdWallet, finance smarter. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply.
2: First ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for a hundred healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. On Our Minds is a podcast about the teenage experience, made by teens for teens.
0: There's a lot on Our Minds, and talking about it helps.
2: On Our Minds Season 4 is produced by PBS NewsHour Student Reporting Labs in collaboration with KUOW's Radioactive Youth Media.
0: Listen wherever you get your podcasts.
1: Welcome back to the Ask Lisa podcast. I have to say, personally, I feel this sense of optimism as we're you know coming around the end of the year with all this news on great progress with vaccines. It, it's not going to flip a switch overnight. You know, this takes time even to implement and, and get approval and and then distribute, but. There is a sense that maybe we're going to be turning a corner soon on this, but not soon enough with the holidays approaching. So what do you what else do you feel, Lisa, that we should focus in on to help us be better prepared for dealing with the sadness that could come around the holidays? Well, I do think the vaccines come
0: into it. Very much so, because there is suddenly I'm with Yarena, like the idea that I'm seeing things where they're like, by December this, by April this, you know, the idea that people are even putting dates and months on the beginning of an exit strategy, that's new. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that yeah. that used to, that, Three weeks ago, that was ambiguous. And now we're starting to get um, calendar sense of where we might be in this. And this sense of, okay, this may be the one end of your holiday season that's really messed up. And we can mm-hmm presumably look forward to something quite a bit, you know, more normal next year, if not altogether normal. I think that helps because part of then what we can say to kids is this is a historic event. Mm -hmm. This is unlike anything. I've never had a holiday disrupted because of a global pandemic. This will be hopefully your one time. We hunker down this year. This is a one-time deal. It's a hard thing to give up but we make the sacrifice. And I think that's the place where I would actually start to push kids a little bit if they're having a hard time around, why can't we have what we want? Or why is that other family getting all the stuff they want and we're not doing it? Mm -hmm. There's room to say, we sacrifice what we want on behalf of a greater good sometimes. And that's what we need to do this holiday. And we're giving up stuff we wanna be doing, you're giving up stuff you wanna be doing, And we're doing that because it's the right thing to do. And we can actually take pride in doing the right thing. You can take pride in being part of doing the right thing. That's why we're not
1: doing the holiday that we typically do. And it's hard because while there is so much optimism and and the vaccines, there's also skyrocketing COVID rates all across the country, globally really, but particularly in the U.S. and and when you're weighing both and you don't want them to be overcome by the fear and the sadness of it all, when you're, you're dealing and trying to teach them resilience in this moment and, and trying to tell them to keep their chin up, what really gets through and is important in a moment like this?
0: Part of I think what we can do is articulate a tension that we're all living with right now, which is this this strange thing you mentioned—not strange, but I mean actually horrible thing you mentioned about the outrageously high rates. Yeah, you know, rates like we've never seen. I mean, rates right. no one ever wanted to see, that are happening when we simultaneously are so over it. Mm. You know, th- that we've been doing this for so long, and we're used to the pandemic, and we've adapted in our way, and we are tired of it, and I mean, there's no there's no good way to say this. Like the novelty has worn off with yeah, this thing. Yeah. And so it's hard, I think, cognitively, to reconcile the tedium and the urgency of the situation at once. And I think that is part of what we need to talk out loud with kids about, which on the one hand, like, yes, this feels like same old, same old, like it's, you know, what's the big deal at this point? Like, COVID is just COVID. And then also say, and yet it's never been more dangerous. And so mm. we actually have to be more careful now mm. than we've ever been. And just to acknowledge that's so weird, right? As this thing becomes old and familiar, it's actually it should we should treat it as new and frightening. And and just to name it and to talk that through. Language is where it's at, Rena. You know, that that's that's the whole field I'm in, is this idea of it can be really bad and really hard. But if you can say it, if you can describe it, if you can actually describe it in exquisite detail, it somehow becomes manageable. Hmm. And, and I think people worry that if we talk about it too much or if we get into the detail, it's going to make it worse. But actually, language has this extraordinary power of bringing the hard things down to size.
1: When you talk about language, and particularly in dealing with grief, I I know you've counseled people who have dealt with grief and and trying to come out of it. What's really important, Lisa, when you are trying to come out of the depths of grief, what do you tell your patients is important to do right now in in getting past this moment?
0: It's interesting. I've been taking care, actually, of a few adolescents who've dealt with grief lately. losses actually unrelated to the pandemic but really you know frightening and close to home losses and one thing when I'm trying to help them feel better which is actually not often what I'm trying to do often what I'm trying to mm-hmm. do is just to help them feel mm-hmm. and um, and sometimes you know if we help people feel they feel worse but that actually we consider that to be productive but when when it's when I feel like Okay, it's time for a little feeling better. One thing I will say, and have found myself saying in recent months is, it won't always feel this way.
1: Hmm.
0: It won't feel this way forever. This will continue to grow and evolve for you. It won't go away, but it won't always feel as bad as it feels right now. And then interestingly, in talking with teenagers in particular, what I will say is, This will also reset your yardstick for what is painful or hard to get through. What you are doing is so painful and so hard to get through that what comes at you now, most of it will be quite a bit smaller than this and will bother you less because you've done this hard work. And it's interesting because I've had teenagers actually on a few different occasions recently be like, I'm already seeing that stuff that would have bothered me before. Doesn't hold a candle to this. And it actually bothers me less. So I'm not going to say, oh, it's wonderful. <laughs> like, that's mm-hmm. great. You know, grief mm-hmm. is your best friend. Yeah. But I do hope that we remember there's a calculation in here that sometimes when you deal with something really exquisitely difficult, the net effect is actually other things become less difficult. They seem less big, they seem less daunting. So it doesn't cancel out. But it recalibrates your sense of things in a way where the net effect can be, you feel better about other stuff while feeling worse about this one thing.
1: That's interesting. So it's you're really building a, a well of resilience in a way that getting through this dark side will truly make you stronger if you can get through this.
0: It does. And I think that's what we can say to kids. You know, this will probably be. The weirdest Christmas you'll ever do. And after this, or the weirdest <laughs> yeah. Hanukkah, or the weirdest, you know, whatever you celebrate. Yeah. After this, you will enjoy your say that much more. The other thing, Rena, I think we should do is so we're, you know, we're rolling in the grief, and I am all for that because I do believe that helps. Roll in it a while, and then when you feel like it's time to take that turn, say, okay, so what are we gonna do instead? You know, what is our Miami DJ version of this? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And that you know, that's sort of what we did when we took Thanksgiving outside. You know, so we can't have what we want, but what could we do instead? So, are we going to say, you know, we can't have Thanksgiving? We are going to have a movie marathon, and mm-hmm. we are going to, you know, eat in the TV room, which you know, I'm totally not cool with. And <laughs> you know,
1: yeah, how
0: do we then make it fun, enjoy it? And I know I am not alone, also, in thinking, ooh. There are some things I'm off the hook about, which I'm
1: actually okay with. What, what, know, are you not having to do this holiday season that you are pretty psyched about? You know, I love the Christmas is my absolute favorite holiday of the year. But I think that there's a lot of pressure on us to get the right gifts. And and I I spend a lot of time. I'm the woman who, after putting out the turkey on the table, goes to the, the Black Friday Sales. I I got my Instapot. (laughs) You believe in knowing me? My fabulous $60 Instapot. I did get one Thanksgiving. I'm the woman (laughs) in line. But I'm quite enjoying, for the first time in my life, like not having the pressure to plan everything, I'm just doing the mashed potatoes, and I might not tell the other family that I'm going to put mascarpone in, Ooh. and I'm okay with that. You know, like that's the, the that's the most of the pressure at this point. But I love what you say, Lisa, about comparing it to the Love Boat and being the cruise director <laughs> in this and making it exciting and new. You know, finding <laughs> some way to to really pivot in all of this. Yeah. We got to pivot
0: and i know people are like i am pivoted out we hear you we hear you we're just going to get creative we're going to rally we're going to be grown-ass women we're going to dig deep we're going to find it and yeah this will be memorable but it doesn't have to be memorable in an all sad way
1: i love that this will be memorable you're absolutely right well Happy holidays as we kick it off. Same to you. Same to you. You know, thinking about food and everything, um, I want to plug for our charity of the week for children everywhere, the organization called FeedingAmerica.org. It's the Feeding America Network. They've been around for more than 40 years, and they help 200 food banks, over 60,000 food pantries and meal programs across the country, and uh, Charity Navigator rates them as one of the top charities where your money really goes to the organization, and I think of as disrupted as we feel, there are so many people lining up to food lines and food banks that never in their lifetime thought they would. So I hope you might consider making a donation to them or bringing stuff to your local food pantry. It's an easy Google to find out what's nearby, and it could make such a difference for some people this holiday season. Perfect, perfect. So tell me, what is your parenting to go?
0: So I've been thinking a lot about what we can say when we really have to think with our kids about how to make the holidays work. And I think what we might do is to take time and say to them, okay, what are the holidays for? What are they really about? And what they're really about is gratitude and reflection and cherishing people who mean a lot to us. And that can happen this year, even if nothing feels familiar. And so what I would say in some ways is, let's get these holidays down to the studs. What do holidays help us to remember to do? And now let's just do this in a new way this year. Hmm. Comes down to some of the basics
1: that you kind of forget each holiday season. Yep, yep. Let's just do those. Love that. Well, happy holidays, Lisa, and I'll see you next week. Happy holidays, Rena. (laughs) Bye. And just to remind everyone, you can get more details on the charity on our show notes. And be sure to follow us at Ask Lisa Podcast on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Thanks for joining us. Be sure to subscribe to the Ask Lisa Podcast so you get the episodes just as soon as they drop. And send us your questions to Lisa at drlisademore.com. And now a word from our lawyers.